introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. another minor wisdom week uh this week i lied to you i said we would have donnie covington an interview and uh just getting to know you interview with donnie just a follow-up to last week's interview about his educator technical theater educator page on facebook but instead i decided to switch it up and have samantha mcmanus on samantha and i taught together for a couple years not together but in the same district for a couple years and we have very similar beliefs in sort of philosophy of uh competition in theater uh which we don't really get into too much because if we did we'd be sitting and talking for hours uh but just to give you a quick little background we met with the tommy tune person at the time sarah who's no longer there r.i.p but uh we met with her and decided to tell her how we felt about those awards and that award show and we agreed on practically everything uh, and, and look at where we are now, both competing and nothing has changed. But anyway, that is another topic for another day. Go Tommy Tune Awards. Uh, but I decided to have Sammy on now instead of next week because she is owner, I guess, founder of Firecracker Productions here in Houston, Texas. Uh, and they have a show that is next week and the week after called All Through the House, an immersive night before Christmas experience. It was written by Eric James, uh, but I encourage you to go to firecrackerproductions.org and check out her theater company. She's one of those rare theater teachers that actually has a successful theater company as well, is doing well with that. There are quite a few teachers that help her with that and outside edu non-educators as well. We get into Firecracker Productions during the interview. We also sat down at a coffee shop and decided to talk like this the entire time. And so the interview sounds like we are on NPR. So I don't know why we weren't loud. There wasn't anything happening in that coffee shop except for an air conditioning with a lot of bass in the background. And I apologize for that in sections of the interview. You will hear that. Hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday on to the next few weeks of school. And then winter holiday, not Christmas holiday. There are Jewish people out there that don't celebrate Christmas, Muslims that don't celebrate Christmas. So it's a winter holiday for us. And plus Hanukkah is late this year. Hanukkah is very late this year. I don't like it. But anyway, I digress. I hope everybody again had a wonderful holiday. Uh, make sure you guys are sending in your reviews of Minor Wisdom. I have a couple of other podcast ideas on the horizon because this one is so extremely successful with its three, maybe now four listeners. So I wanted to follow up on that, piggyback off of that amazing success. And I've got a couple of other ideas, neither of which have to do with education and theater, really. Hope you guys enjoy this interview. Uh, but first, the groaner joke of the week. What do you get when you combine a rhetorical question and a joke? I've been performing my whole life. I was a gymnast. And at one point, my gymnastics coaches asked my parents to pull me out of school so I could just do gymnastics all the time. And my mom was like, I'm not about that life. 
So she told me to find something else to do. Right. <laughs> so I did theater. My very first role was as the troll in Three Billy Goats Gruff. Nice. How old were you? Fitting. How old were you? I was first grade. Okay. Mm -hmm. And just had always done theater after that. Um, got my undergrad at SFA. And when I finished my undergrad, part of it was doing an internship at the Alley in their education department. So I did a lot of curriculum stuff for them and then also teaching. Yeah. And somewhere in there, I got with a group of other SFA alum that were trying to start theater. And uh, they, none of us really knew what we were doing. So I decided to go to grad school and got my graduate degree in arts administration and founded Firecracker Productions. As so that came afterwards? It was, so the actual business venture was my thesis okay. for SCAD. And then the actual productions came afterwards. Okay. So yes. Um, and it's been just kind of a balancing act that with teaching ever since because I could never really figure out which one I liked more. How big is your team? Um, so there's been probably I mean, in five, and out, yeah. yeah, five or six people that have been there like consistently yeah. from the beginning. Um, actually, a lot of teachers, Robert, yeah. um, Waldron Archer, Kelsey McMillan, all are teachers, and they've all kind of been there from the start. Um, and then, yeah, there's been a couple other people that are in like the Houston theater scene that have been there from the beginning. How much time, like what's your split of your week or well, month or whatever? We kind of, so I'm really lucky right now because I'm adjusting to a new campus. Right. And while this is happening, Kelsey is getting her graduate degree in something to do with arts administration. And so <laughs> she actually got permission to use Firecracker as her like practicum for this semester. Sure. So she has sort of taken over this whole semester. I've done very little, I've like signed checks and that's right. the extent. Normally, I try, I try to split it so that when there's a lull at school, that's when I'm right. like full-time doing firecrackers. You calendar smart, wisely. Right, yeah. right. Um, like the summers, we try to get a lot done over the summers. Sure. Um, breaks in general are usually pretty yeah. busy. But I would say, on any given week, I probably spend anywhere from like eight to 12 hours doing firecracker stuff. Sure. So. What is it, what is like something, or not what is something, how many productions do you guys, I know you said summer is a big mm -hmm, time, but mm -hmm. do you do fall, we spring? We try to do like three to four events. Yeah. So it looks different every year. It's not always a year. full blown production. Right, like yeah. it's not, and it's not always like a season. Yeah. Um, so like, in December, we're doing an original immersive piece yeah. at an Airbnb in the Heights. Okay. Um, and so it's not always, but we've also we've done shows at the Match. Right. You know? So we do we try to do stuff that other people aren't doing is kind of our right. game. What is it that keeps Firecracker Production alive and well? Like what? Like how funding is it? Really just... smart planning. Yeah. Because there <laughs> is no funding for small theaters. It's been around Houston. for a few years now. So, yeah, five yeah. years. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's no funding for small theaters in yeah, Houston. It's right. like next. It's all grassroots. I mean, right. like you see, Mildred's Umbrella is like the perfect example because they've been around for like ten years or something now. At least. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And they still struggle. Yeah. Um, because they're not the alley. Right. <laughs> or stages or Main Street. Right. 
Um, so being really smart with our money is a huge part of it. Yeah. Um, we do pay everybody that works on our shows, but we can't always pay them very much. Right. Um, but that's always been my thing from day one is I don't ever want to ask anyone to work for free. Right. I work for free. My husband works for free. <laughs> right. um, but also being collaborative is a big part of it. Um, working with the other theaters, David Rainey at Landing is like a really awesome guy and yeah. he's always like one of the first people that'll like stop you and talk to you about like how it's going and you know what are you doing with your venue and so it's a really collaborative community in Houston. Were you a part of that um, firestorm of a, you know that space that was kind of catty-cornered to, it's kind of catty-cornered to the Wortham. It's a beautiful space, but it, it wasn't built to be a theater. It was built to be kind of a, uh, like a ballroom type, dance hall type thing. Do no. you know what I'm talking about? Is this I ringing don't. a bell? Nope. <clears throat> Years ago, there was a space, there is a space, it's still sitting there, not being used, that, uh, a theater company, I forget who was doing it, but I was trying to help figure out how to outfit the space. And I didn't know if you were one of those groups, but it was it was supposed to be the match before the match was a okay. thing, yeah. but it was an existing space, whereas the match was kind of built to be what it is now. Um, anyway, that's pointless and boring now, but sure. it was, it's just this, it's, it's just sitting there, it's this beautiful space that could be turned into a theater and and I think the rent is too high. Yeah, that's what I was um, going to say. So, but it was, but that's part of why the idea was kind of sexy because there were so many groups that were going right. to go in on it. And so you do an October show, I'll come in and do a November show, and right. we'd share the space. Um, and it would never be one person. Well, and that's kind of what happened with Match. Is when Match started, it was supposed to be this big affordable space yeah. for everyone to be able to come in and use, and it's just so expensive. Now it is. You know. Because they can be. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, we just did a show there, and we were in their smallest theater, and it was like barely affordable. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. And it's funny. That's. I mean, that's a theme. I think because like Stafford out here, that mm -hmm. that big space that they have, when they first built it 20 years ago or whatever it was, was that space was yeah. this kind of affordable ballroom, and it was a theater, and it was uh, a boardroom kind of things where you can have meetings, and it was meant for the arts. And now it's just, it's so expensive that practically nobody uses it. Well, and there's yeah. this fear for theater companies that if you go too far yeah. outside the loop, yeah. that no one's going to come to your yeah. shows. There's no, there's and no audience for it. You don't want to, you don't want to roll the dice. Because I mean, like there's Theater Southwest yeah. that still does well, there, pretty there's, well. Well, there's no know? audience for the type of theater you want to do. Right. If you wanted to sit here and do High School Musical and right. Annie all the time, right. then sure, everybody's going to go see that. But yeah, the, the type of like you said, immersive theater, yeah. um, or just any type of artistic theater for well, that Well, and that's matter. always the first thing when, when we start talking about, okay, what's our next venue? Where are we going yeah. next? That's always the first thing that comes up is like, well, should we look at doing something a little bit further outside of town? Did you then... ever do the, the, what was it, the dining, not dining room, the what Matt Hewn had uh, shows in his mom's living room? Yeah. And he and it was great the way they set it up. He mm -hmm. he has come clean and said the reason we don't do it anymore is because it was just way too much work mm -hmm. and put a strain on his own, his literally his own mom. Mm -hmm. But they put up curtains and put up. Yeah. I mean, it was really crazy. Which is uh, what we're doing in December. It, but in but not in your own not home. Not in my own yeah. home. No, I've never. <laughs> in you're renting out a bed and breakfast, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, where is that? Um, it's in the high. It's in like South Heights, yeah. out by where um, Sawyer is okay. in that area. 
and did you come to them or I mean, I'm assuming you, um, well, you kind started, of approached them David with Rainey, yeah. actually, um, used a different Airbnb for a show um, a little while ago. And so we had actually reached out to them originally, and okay. they were, like, impossible to get a hold of. And it was at the point where I was like, just take my money. I just need a space. Right. And they just weren't responding. And so I found this other place, and they had never done anything like this before, but they were super open to it. Right. Um, so. That's cool. That's it. It's actually works perfectly for what we're doing yeah so. how long do you have the space for um, we have it for two weeks okay um, we could have done it a little bit longer but with all of us working full-time sure. jobs it's... sure um, who works the least as far as real time real job do you know or is everybody uh, like full-time I mean like so a lot of us are teachers so we yeah. work a lot obviously um, but then some more than others <laughs> Won't call them out. <laughs> Eddie, I would. I mean, Eddie has like a normal nine to five, um, but Eddie is one of those people that's like really fantastic about going and seeing yeah. everything, everywhere, all the time. So he might, he might work less, right? But he's still he's, just. But he's as got the busy. most normal job. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. That's fun. Uh, yeah, because the, there's no normalcy about t theater teachers. Uh, how long have you been teaching? I don't know the answer Five to that. Five years. Five years. Mm -hmm. So you started at Austin? Mm -hmm. No, no, I no. started in HISD. Oh, for a year. As I was, fin as I was starting Firecracker, I started teaching okay. in HISD. Yeah, so you were there, for, there a year, for a year, came to Austin. Moved to Georgia. Moved to Georgia. Oh, because Mark went to <laughs> Mark get... Mark went to grad yeah, school. Yeah. Yep. Moved to Georgia, taught kindergarten. Yeah, in Athens, right? In Athens, and then went to Austin. Taught kindergarten. How was kindergarten? Um, so much fun. What, are you being sarcastic? Sometimes yes I don't no. know. <laughs> I really, it was shockingly similar to teaching high school. What? And I will say that... More potty teaching, accidents in high school. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> teaching kindergarten taught me a lot about classroom management. Sure. For sure. Um, so, and I think that's part of the reason that my classroom management skills are as strong as they are. Because I was dealing with six-year-olds with behavior issues yeah. all day. Do, so. Does the sentence... You can't do this, but my five-year-old that I taught mm -hmm. five years ago could. Mm -hmm. Does that come out of your mouth often? Every every once in a while, <laughs> I do. I I tell them a lot, right. you know, because they call each other names all the time in high school. Sure. You know, so I'm like, guys, you can't do that. You don't know you're bullying in kindergarten. Right. Exactly. Yeah. When you yeah. call someone a poo poo head when you're yeah. five, yeah, you don't get it. Sometimes you think you're being funny. Right. And cute. Exactly. Right. But in high school, when you call somebody a poo poo head. Uh, you're not you, saying poo-poo, first of you're, all. Yeah, right? well, if you're and calling you're somebody mean. a poo-poo head, then you are probably being funny and mm -hmm. cute. Um, I'm going to start using that, by the way. Yeah. You guys are acting like a bunch of poo-poo heads. Mm -hmm. uh, so teaching kindergarten taught you patience, I'm assuming, then? with Yes. Okay. Very much so. What is something that high school kids still do that kindergartners also did? Not listen. <laughs> that would be yeah. number one. They're, they're very... For the record, that was not an edited... Like, I didn't edit that to be that quick. You I was said As that. soon as you started talking, I, I already... I had it ready sentence. to go. No. Um, also, the, the hyperactivity. I sure. tell my... Especially those ninth grade boys, I tell them all the time, like, you guys need recess. Right. Like, you need... Yes. You have all this energy pent up. Do you guys have hour-long lunch? No. Or 30-minute lunch? We have 30 minutes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, 
but with my kindergartners, we would take them outside every morning and they would run a mile. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. because they just had all this pent up energy sure. and I wish I could do that with my high schoolers. I have made them run around the building a couple of times. Yeah, we do that We do that for musical. Like we make them run for musical. I just do that at my theater one classes. Oh, okay, but, that's you know. good. <laughs> you should. I mean, we, we now have, this is our first year to do a full year of it, but we have mm -hmm. an hour long lunch for each kid, or mm -hmm. for uh, uh, the, the kids, the school. Mm -hmm. And it's changed how that next, that sixth period is. Yeah. Because they're not as confused about what to do with this energy that they've brought Right. Up. And so much so that we've like started supplying footballs to kids because they would just throw phones <laughs> and throw, you know, they would find something to throw. Yeah. To play football, quote unquote. Well, yeah. they sit in classrooms literally all day. Yeah. And are yeah. just told to sit and be quiet Stupid and listen to school. someone talk. Yeah. So. I get it, yeah. like I get the hyperactivity. Do you change your classroom? Is your classroom different after class or after uh, lunch? What do you mean? Do you model it different knowing those kids are gonna come in well, still? Well, that's an interesting question because I actually teach professional communications after lunch. <laughs> well, I say I say teach. Yeah, no, um, I, oh, I always put quotes around the word um, teach. <laughs> <laughs> so. My students will be the first one to tell you that there's nothing teaching coming yeah, out of my Yeah, it, it looks different just because um, thinking back, I'm trying to think back uh, to Austin, my sixth period was one of our advanced classes. So that also, yeah, it doesn't really, yeah, yeah, I mean like it's different anyway, but in general though, I've, I've got this fifth period class this year and I've got these three ninth grade boys in it that are just still stuck in elementary school. Right. And there's a senior girl and we all know girls are more mature than sure. boys at that age anyway. Probably. And she yeah. just gets so frustrated. And I just constantly have to tell her, like, they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. know what they're doing. They just need something to do. Yeah. Professional communications is not the class for them. Right. Um, because it is, it is a lot of sitting and independent work. Yeah. You know, it's not like a theater class. What is it? Well, I mean, is that a speech class? That's an excellent question, Blake. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, what teaks are you supposed to follow? Uh, That's an also an excellent question. <laughs> I've Googled it. Yeah. I did my research. I did. It's, I'm supposed to be teaching What them. certification do you have that gives you Apparently, the right to like teach Apparently, like, anything. Oh, okay. Like, theater, speech, because I looked that History, up also. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, like, learning how to communicate. <laughs> Whatever that means. Okay. Um, Who was teaching it before? Like, was there a teacher teaching it before? It was the theater teacher before, okay. but it's not, I don't know why we have it, because it's, they don't need that class. Right. At all. Okay. Well, that's a different story, but. And they could get the same skills from something else. From, from theater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, professional communication. Yeah. It's, I'm supposed to be teaching them, like, how to communicate in writing, how to communicate. Have them stare at something like for, eye, for an eye contact exercise. Mm -hmm. Have them just stare at something, and the minute they look away, they, they, like they fail, lose or it's like yeah. yeah, it's like based on time. Mm -hmm. So if you can do it for a minute, just have a staring contest. And little Billy over saying, here, yeah, 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 yeah. A staring contest today. Mm -hmm. Today's lesson, kids, staring contest. Yeah. Look into my eyes. Yeah. And when you look away, you lose points. We're laughing, but in my head, I'm like, <laughs> that would be really good for the Monday we get back from break. <laughs> there was a class. There are many days that I don't know what I'm going to do. Right, many days. Uh, not just with my class, but just in life in general. But, um, but I'm very, very good. The one thing that I'm, there are two things I'm very good at with education. One is relationship, mm -hmm. and one is figuring out, holy crap, I don't know what I'm supposed to do today, and I just pull something out of my ass, mm -hmm. and it ends up being 
I'm not going to say like the most successful thing in the world, but it ends up fooling the kids to think that, yeah. oh, Mr. Miner planned this. Yeah. One day I, I did, had no idea, and so I just set up my tables, and I made the kids sit around and just talk. And I said, I want you to talk today, but I want you have to sit with somebody you don't know. Mm -hmm. That's the only rule. You have mm -hmm. to sit with somebody you don't know, and you just have to sit and talk. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being one of the most enriching days yeah. ever. Because well, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Benita, who's my TD, we, I don't remember what happened, but, oh, we were supposed to have class presentations, like, okay. all day in the auditorium. So we didn't plan anything. Yeah. And then, 7.05, or yeah. they were like, oh, class presentations are canceled, class as usual. And we were like, oh, great. Yeah. Um, so we got some puzzles out, and we put them in groups, and they had to do these puzzles but we didn't want them to talk, so they had to do puzzles without talking to each other. And it was really just because we didn't want to hear them talk. Right. But at the end, it turned out to be like a really cool, like nonverbal, yeah, like team yeah, sure. building activity. And then the next day, they had to do the same thing, but we took the picture of the puzzle away. So it made it even more difficult. Uh -huh. And they, I mean, like, and these puzzle ninth grade boys, exercise. man, write Note that down. To self. Yeah. <laughs> Dollar store puzzles. And these boys I have in these classes that are usually like bouncing off the walls were like calm and working on this puzzle. Well, the because whole class it's the period. brain that they're in. Right. It's literally the brain that they're in. And and I talk about that. It's like, guys, it, I don't want you to like. Okay. Oh, actually, this is true. So our seven. <laughs> this, no. As opposed to the other things. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, yeah. It's because comedians are always like, true story. Yesterday I was. 300 pounds heavier today I've lost all this weight it's like that's not true um but uh, so we have to conference this is new to me with my seven-year-old in second grade you have to you have to go in you have to conference with their kids or with their teachers I mean and so this the only complaint that we had from the teacher was she sings she sings to herself she hums to herself and both Jennifer and I are like so. What's the problem? <laughs> um, and they had to explain, and I get it, that there's a little kid sitting over here that needs silence yeah. because their brain is switched over to the left brain because they're very mathematical yeah. and line oriented. And Ava's all right brained, 100%. She's so right brained that she can't do, like, she can't subtract numbers. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's her one, that's her one B in school right now is math. Mm -hmm. uh, everything else is perfect floating, mm -hmm. but obviously <laughs> but it's like they had to explain to me you can't let a kid just do that right. as much as we want to promote individual individuality yeah, yeah. and creativity we can't just do that because there, there are other kids around right. I was like mm, well then put her in a different <laughs> <laughs> Like, you have to sounds some like headphones. a you problem. Like... Yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, but the school she came from, they were all about that. They were all about artistic individuality and mm -hmm. creativity. So Ava, for the past two years, has been allowed to do whatever she wants. Mm -hmm. And now she's in, no offense to public school, but mm -hmm. it kind of sucks. She's in this public school setting where they don't allow for you to be your own person. Really. Yeah. Um, but I've had to use, I've used that as ammo now in my own classroom to say, this is why you can't right. just sit here and fart, like, because <laughs> it's going to take somebody out of the moment or right. something like that. But I don't know where we got on, started that conversation. But, but you know, that made me think that that's another thing about, that I learned from teaching kindergarten. Because in kindergarten, you've got all these kids of all these different levels in one class. And then at the end of kindergarten, they test for GT or for yeah. SPED, right? And so then first grade, it's like a completely different atmosphere. Right. And so the kindergarten class I was in, we had kids like literally like on bouncy chairs. Was it a public school? Yeah. 
Yeah. And it just, that room, I don't know how I functioned. Do you know, just... I'm doing, I'm being bad right now, I'm interrupting you, but you've got my brain going. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know if there was a difference between, because you didn't do kindergarten here. Correct. But do you know if there's a difference between how Georgia does it and how Texas does it? I think it's pretty similar. Okay. In terms of, because I know here, at least I'm pretty sure here, it's the same sort of structure you test for GT or for SPED at the end sure. of kindergarten so that you go into those programs starting in first grade. Yeah. Um, so I think it's probably pretty similar. I actually think um, I, before I started teaching, I was a sub and I subbed in kindergarten classrooms okay. a lot and in Texas. Right. And uh, they have one para for the entire kindergarten team in Ooh. Texas. Yeah. Whereas in Georgia, there were either a para or a second teacher in the room. Okay. Um, and then most of the time we also had a student teacher with us. So there was a, a lot, lot support. more support in yeah. the classroom than there was Do you know why that here. is? I don't. Um, I don't know if it's a funding thing, like if it's just funding. that, yeah, the, the money goes to different places. I don't know. But that was something that I know that was different. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what is it that Mark took away from that master's program that you don't think he would have gotten in Texas? God, Blake, come on this podcast and you just ask me about my husband. <laughs> I just want to know. I want to know the difference between Georgia and Texas. So I'll tell you, the one of the first things, the of course, Mark is, <laughs> Mark is from A-Leaf. Yeah, all right? the leaf. That's where I went to school. When <clears throat> That's why his, I like him so much. His first day of classes, he came home and said, oh my God. There's so many white people. <laughs> so that was the first takeaway. Yeah. Um, but that said, they really, and I don't know anything about graduate acting programs because I didn't go to one, but they really encouraged them to like find the thing that they were really good at and yeah. to pursue it. And so Mark was really into like writing one-man shows and to doing music and incorporating all of these things. Yeah. And of course, he's also really great at like technical theater because he can so do everything. So when can Mark be on this podcast? <laughs> Um, so he got to do a lot of cool things there and one of his really good friends from Georgia, Marlon, um, wrote a one-man show about the black experience. Marlon's black. I should sure. say that. He's not a white guy. Right? Same. Um, so he wrote this one-man show about the black experience and asked Mark to be his TD and they got to go to like fringe festivals. Like They went to Orlando with it and it was a really, really cool experience for him. Um, he wrote a one-man show about something political. I don't know. Mark did or the... Mark or, did. Okay. Yeah. Um, also being a black man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. he also got to do a lot of puppetry, <clears throat> which he got really into. Yeah. They built like 3D masks of themselves. So it was a lot of like catering to their interests. Right. Um, yeah. All right, enough about him. So yeah, do you still you. do you still do gymnastic type things? I am still a very acrobatic person. Um, like, and do you do that? that the, the, what are the... What are the what are the like, fabric things that hang? What's oh, it called? There's like aerial. No, tile. that's okay. totally different. I, don't, I mean, I tried I'm one of those you have classes to be before. To do it. I mean, yeah, yeah you do. Yeah. Um, I tried one of those classes before, though, and it was very difficult. Why don't you go into like Cirque? Um, because I'm not a contortionist. But be, you don't have to be. So it's dip. No, but like Cirque is like very that type of acrobatics is very different from like sure. gymnastics. But you could couldn't you choreograph it? Don't you think? No. 
I don't, you, because you, I don't have those skills. You remember that time you didn't know how to tap dance, but then you taught an entire musical Well, no, but that was because I have tapped before, just not in like 20 years. Sure, okay. So I have those okay. skills. So somewhere in your somewhere brain. Somewhere in the back of my okay. brain, right, okay. right. Um, Award-winning tappers. <laughs> I don't know about that. Step in time. Um, that was really good, by the way. Oh, thank it was you. Very good. I was very proud of that. I didn't see that. the show. I just saw the paper uh -huh, performance. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was very proud of that that number. It was good. Just, it's a very emotional thing for me, like watching yeah. that every night at the show. Yeah. Because it's like seven straight minutes of singing and dancing yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. Um, with these kids that didn't think they could do either of those right. things. You had a hell of a male lead, though. Yep. Constantly, yeah. he was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I'm still a little bitter that he didn't get that Tommy Tune nod, but that's a whole that's right. other podcast. That's, yeah, Tommy Tune. Uh oh. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> Are you doing Tommy Tunes this year? Yes. Okay. Just wondering. <laughs> we don't have to talk about Tommy Tunes. We don't have to talk about Tommy Tunes. Yeah, that's a that you can go on the Dragoos podcast to talk about the Tommy yeah. Tunes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Since they have no affiliation with. What them. were we talking about? That? Oh, um, no, I'm very I I try to incorporate movement in my shows. Like the show yeah. that we're looking at doing for one act, there's going to be a lot of movement involved if we end up doing it, because um, that that is still very much in my wheelhouse. Richard the Third. Really... Are you going to do Stuart yes. Savage's version of Richard exactly, the Third? Exactly, exactly that yeah. version. I've already yeah. talked to Stuart about right. it. Coming no, in to I... choreograph it. <laughs> Um, I'm very much a storyteller, yeah. you know, in, in all senses of the words. Yeah. And so that's something that I still, I can't, I am one of the very few people that was a little disappointed that pantomime is no longer an event at Texas Thespians, you know? Sure. So. Yeah, it's not an event anywhere, really. Well, anywhere. no, yeah, I mean, it's not. You could argue it's a speech and debate you event. You really now, don't even have of... to, like, teach it anymore. No. You don't. No, it's not really in antiques or anything. Yeah. Yeah. That is a little unfortunate. But you could, I mean, I guess if you're teaching uh, uh, Comedia, then maybe there's some pantomime in there. There's a movie. My wife teaches the hell out of Comedia, and it's all pantomime. Yeah. Like, that she spends... But I still teach pantomime. She spends the entire second semester teaching. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was kind of half kidding, but no, she really does spend a whole lot of time teaching that. Mm -hmm. I would venture to say she spends a whole term doing Comedia. Well, movement is such a huge part of yes. what we do as actors. Agreed. If you have it's, a kid it's that... practically you could movement teach, and voice. You could I mean, argue yeah, that like, it's just those two things. You could teach emotion and how to emote all you yeah. want, but if you don't know what to do with that with your body, then... Yeah. Or like these kids that don't know how to introduce themselves. They don't know how to do a sleep. Yeah. They've never been taught how to like stand still yeah. and like channel that energy. I, uh, one of the things... So I haven't... I didn't direct at all this past semester. I, I try to stay away from directing, but I also know what's right and wrong. Um, and one of my favorite things to give notes on is do something with your fucking hands. Mm -hmm. Like, like figure out, you can't just have your hands mm -hmm. just like, you know, um, like that movie. What was that movie that I don't know what to do with my hands or there's a movie that talks about that, but also the, the scary movie thing where he goes, that's my strong hand. <laughs> it's got that little tiny, <laughs> little tiny hand. Anyway, the hands are all like, I I do a whole thing with, with students about, just figure out what to do with your hands. You, well, you know, that's interesting you say that because one of my favorite things to do, they use their hands too much and it's all these parallel gestures and so I tie them behind their back. Yeah, well, I'm not saying, I'm not saying kids don't use their hands. But knowing what to do it, with them. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah, don't yeah. use them necessarily correctly. Yeah. Uh, they look like, a, like I always joke about, uh, Italians seem to have a force field 
above or at their waist <laughs> and so they can't ever put their hands down below their waist so if you want to speak like an italian I you don't have to good. sound like one but you you that's always good, just yeah. every time you drop your hands they pop back up because that's how italians talk yeah. um, but it's like figure out what to do with your mother good hands yeah. man mark the time okay <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's that's a whole that's a whole lesson mm -hmm. hand movement mm -hmm. uh, but yeah it's unfortunate pantomime i guess i never really thought about that that's something you could hey we did ask for volunteers for texas thespians and we asked for people to like give their input um i filled out that link did you Thank talk you about pantomime much. or just volunteering? I didn't. And then someone else told me, I had another idea that someone else was like, oh, you need to put that on there. Do it. I had already forgotten. Do it what again. What was it? Oh, it was the QR code. I had an idea about QR codes. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> no, no, no. I like QR codes. Mm -hmm. You like QR codes? I do. Okay, so we're in the same boat. All right, so now this is fresh in my mind because it's just happened and mm -hmm. this will come out in a week and a half, so it's not that far away. But... Um, we did a QR code for karaoke, uh -huh. right? And kids were so confused. Yeah. QR codes, although they are, and your phone now, you don't even need, like, you know, back in the day when you had to have a QR, QR code, reader, yeah. you had to have something. Yeah. To, and now it just scans it with your right. camera. And kids are so confused by that. Yeah, I learned a lot they, about kids this past week. Yeah, but that's because they have <clears throat> teachers that don't know how to use them either. You well, know, teachers like, are idiots. Once, once they figure it out once, then they they figure it out and they know how to use it sure you know what i mean <clears throat> yeah but, but i had this idea but, of using qr codes at the workshops yeah so the teachers would know when their kids were actually going to workshops so it checks them in or whatever well it checks them out oh, so that's the thing so like yeah, the instructor in. would have the qr code and they would bring yeah. it out at the end of the workshop and then they just scan it as they walk out where the does door. it go to where's this database i don't know that <laughs> baby I, steps baby steps <laughs> like i don't know a google sheet <laughs> I do everything okay. in Google, so well, we, surely. We, at, at my school, because we have um, teachers that, uh, believe it or not, don't show up for their duty. Oh, right? Wow. I know, right? So we now have to scan in, our, uh, but you don't scan out, right? It's the same thing. So I could just walk up to my duty station scan at the time that I'm supposed to be there, scan in, and then walk away. See, as <clears> much <throat> of a curmudgeon as I am, I actually go to my duty station. Oh, I do too. And it's on the I other side of the campus don't, from me. Same here really with my well with lunch duty. Because there is a duty station that's right outside the auditorium. Yes. And I could that could be my duty station, right. but instead it's someone else's who doesn't go. Right. Which drives me even more crazy. Right. right. Anyway. Yeah, du duties. It's it's amazing. Um, I mean, we also had a giant brawl on our campus. Yes, you did. School, uh, so. Yes, a very <laughs> newsworthy. Duty stations are maybe a little more important now than yeah. they used to be. We have we have fights every once in a while, but not like that. Um, but uh, I, one of my biggest frustrations with my district, and it's no secret because I've even talked to my superintendent about this. Flip hair, flip hair. Mm -hmm. Um, is the uh, the reactive, not the proactive yes. approach. And I uh, very much am a, obviously a proactive person because uh -huh. I think reactive is, I mean, of course, there are going to be times you have to, right. there's no choice. Right. But there are also all these preventative things that we could do that are proactive. And one of those is simply showing up mm -hmm. to your duty station. Mm -hmm. And so I know lots of teachers on my campus that are tired of, me being the leader in front of the 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 PD session or whatever uh -huh. to talk about, hey guys, let's make sure we're doing the yeah, yeah. and it turns into that Muppet sounding thing to them. But it's so true. It's like there's so many proactive things that are so simple that don't happen. 
Well, I mean, it goes back to relationships. And part of the reason <clears throat> that that's such a problem is that there's a lot of teachers that are teachers so that they can have summers off. Yeah. And not necessarily because they want to be teachers. Right. So. I want both. If you don't. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to build those relationships, then. Yeah. And that's like a huge part of classroom management, too. Yeah. Because if you're not willing to, like, talk to your kids. Yeah. I remember there was one time we were watching a movie in my class. Um, and. I had a girl that was just on her phone and whatever, fine, I don't care. But another teacher had come in to ask me something and like in the middle of the classroom stops and starts yelling at her about being on her phone and how she can't even, these young people are so attached to their phones now. <clears throat> Once he like turned around and left after this tirade and I walked up and I was like, I'm so sorry that he just did that to you. Yeah. And she was completely taken aback that an adult would apologize to her, right. you know, and it's stuff like that. Yeah. We just like expect these kids to sit down and shut up and we yeah. don't show them any respect in return. Yeah, it's... So, <laughs> I don't want to get going on that. Tell me mm-hmm. your uh, most favorite, you have to choose one, element of the Tommy Tune Awards. <laughs> you have to choose one likable trait from the Tommy Tune Awards. I guess... You get feedback. Getting them. You, you get feedback. You get feedback, good or bad, right or wrong, educated or not. Paying attention, <laughs> showed up on time or not. I think something that's cool about the Tommy Tune Awards is that they give kids the opportunity to perform on stage. <laughs> at at, at a... Cool. Well, at the Hobby Center. Yeah, yeah at yeah, the yeah. Hobby Center. Yeah. That's kind of cool. On a professional Broadway... Kids touring think, yeah, state. Yeah, kids think that that's a cool thing. Yeah. So. Have you ever not sent your kids? Or do you always send them? I mean, I always tell them to go. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah same here. I always Whether say or not they you're supposed to go. Okay. <laughs> numbers is yeah, a different yeah. story. Have you ever not gone to the award show? Um, I've never gone to oh, the really? award show. Oh, really? Okay. So, not even when I was in high school. I didn't even go when I was in high school. Oh, so you competed no, as a, a high school? I did go once. Okay, okay. I went once my senior year <clears throat> because I was up for a scholarship. Oh. Okay. But then I was supposed to go to a scholarship meeting beforehand, but I was right. the only person from my school. And I asked my director, I was like, do I have to go to that? Right. She was like, I don't care. Where did you go to school? Katie. Katie, hi. Katie, Katie. Katie, Katie. The Katie. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, wow, I didn't know. I don't think I knew you went to Katie, Katie. Mm-hmm. Rachel Smith was my theater teacher. Wow. When, were you, when did you, when am I allowed to ask when you graduated? I graduated in 07. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I, okay, so I taught at Morton Ranch two days, two years later, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I Rachel actually went Smith. to Morton Ranch for a hot month. Really? Yeah, because with I Pam? was rezoned. Yep, with Pam. It was Jack DeGilia there yet? No. Or was she I alone? I remember those, so. Okay, so she was probably alone still. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Because she, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wow, Katie High School with the uh-huh. Rachel Smith. Mm-hmm. Who was her second? Do you remember? Well, my freshman year, it was Pam. Yeah. And then my sophomore year, it was Chalk Sangri. Oh, okay. And then junior and senior year, um, I'm not going to say his name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I believe he's in jail now. Right. I think I know who you're talking about. Um, how was Chalk's? Was Super he, was, energetic. Was, yeah, was he the he same was, as he is now? He's the same Chalk, so he is now. Yes. <laughs> the same Chalk. That guy Chucks. just has just a. I don't it's know crazy. where he finds it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy. And it's all, and it's po- it seems very He's, genuine, oh, too. Yeah, yeah for that's sure. the thing about it. You find oh those people God. that have that energy that you're like, Every time he sees like, me, it's uh-huh. like this big hug. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I love you so much. <clears throat> he actually taught my husband okay. in middle school as okay. well. Yeah, no, he's always been like that. Yeah, I've never got a disingenuine vibe right. from his energy. Right. Um, whereas there are people that have that type of energy, and you're mm-hmm. like, I don't, I feel like this is cocaine induced <laughs> and not genuine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I love, I love me some chalks. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I love Josh Hearson, love him mm-hmm. to death. Mm-hmm. Josh and chalks together as a team for the past. 12, 13 years, mm-hmm. I think, at Seven Legs. Just insane to me. Just well, <laughs> I mean, you could have said the same thing about him and Rachel Smith. Yeah, sure. Too. But, but I, and, and I like Rachel, but Rachel's more cynical. Yeah. Josh is not cynical. He's just uh, a needy little child <laughs> that wears a diaper all the time um, and has never taught anywhere else but wealthy oh, Seven Legs. Okay. So he only knows a half a million dollar budgets right, for musicals. Right. Um, and I tell Josh all the time, and if you know Josh Hearson, anybody listening, uh, <laughs> if you know Josh, then you, I, I, he doesn't like challenges. Yeah. <laughs> he likes it to just be there yeah. and ready to go. Yeah. Um, and I want Josh to, for one year, just go teach at Elsick or mm-hmm. go teach at Willow Ridge or... Yeah. Shoot, any, any, go teach at Temple. Like, because right. Temple's a Title I school. Most people don't know Temple's a Title yeah. I school, and Natasha just makes mountains Magic out of Magic happen, yeah. Molehills? No. Um, that's not right. But uh, yeah, so it's like one of those things, man. And then, yeah. Well, Chalks. I like Chalks. And mm-hmm. who'd you, oh, Pam was your freshman year teacher. Yeah. <clears throat> that had to be a hell of a combination. Well, they were actually all three there together Pam, Chalks, and Rachel? Yes. Okay. That was an interesting wow. dynamic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who was what? Like, who took on what role? They all kind of rotated. Okay. Like, they would each direct a show, if I'm right. remembering correctly. They would each direct a show. Yeah, because that was a while ago. Um, yeah. Like, I remember Chalks doing the fall show. Okay. Or no, 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 no. Chalks did the spring show. Okay. And then, like, Smith would who do one Who did the musical? Act. We did a musical every other year. Okay. We didn't do a musical every year. Okay. Um, which... I don't know when or why we got away from that model of right. doing musicals every other year. Um, you like that model? Yes, I do. Because it gave us an opportunity to do other stuff. The reason we don't do that anymore is be- probably because of the Tommy Tunes. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, yeah, they all rotated. Okay. I remember it being like a pretty equal Did you Were you an athlete too at Katie? No, not at Katie. Okay. No, I still, at that point, I was still a studio dancer okay. outside of school. Did you want to be doing stuff? I mean, Katie's like prestigiously very competitive and Well, successful. I almost did um, the KBBC, the Katie Bengal Brigade, which is their drill team. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was actually one of my dance coaches that told me no. Oh. <laughs> so didn't do that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I just, I just did theater and I was on the, the announcements. Did you make it to state? No. They went to state like a couple years before. Okay. You're talking about when I played. Yeah, when I played. When I because I mean, in football, yeah. they went to state. Oh, yeah, yeah. Football, they're always... Yeah, um, football, yeah they had gone a couple years before okay. I was there. Yeah, because I knew that Rachel had made it a couple times. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, that's really cool. I didn't realize you were at Katie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is something that you think you took away from Katie that you use now or from Rachel? So Rachel was 
really, she challenged me a lot. And a lot of the time I felt like she challenged me and pushed me more than she did other students. Sure. And when I was in high school, I hated that and right. I resented it because I thought it was unfair. Right. But now looking back, it's because she saw that I was, I was relying on sort of natural ability right. and I wasn't really pushing myself. Right. Um, and so I ended up being really well-rounded because I did tech yeah. and I was on stage. And um, so I would say that's probably one of the big things I learned from yeah. her. And, and that's something that I use with my students now yeah. too. You know, like you may think that I'm being hard on you, but it's because I see yeah. something in you that you don't see in yourself yet, right. you know, so. Do you think you're uh, directing, or not directing style as firecracker, but directing as mm -hmm. an educator, do you think it's similar to Rachel's? Probably, yeah. I would imagine so. The, the, now that I, because I know, now that I know that connection, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Not to sound like a douche, but right. it no, just yeah. it makes a lot of sense of who you are. Well, and she was a as very strong, independent <laughs> yeah. woman, and even though like we were just talking about how it was a pretty even split whenever there were other directors, it was still always. Well, she was the head of the Smith department. The yeah, department. yeah, right. Yeah. And there was never any question about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so. I think I took a lot yeah. away from that. Well, the other two left to open schools, and that's a good thing. She's like right. the Bill Belichick of right. of theater teachers in Katy, sort of, because <laughs> Pam went on to open Morton and, and then Chocks, Chocks went on to, to open Seven, seven Lakes, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I when I first knew of the aura of Rachel Smith and the 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 mystique of her, I was very afraid of her. She came across to mm -hmm. me as very much Corella Deville mm -hmm. of theater teachers mm -hmm. and then once you get to know her she's it's well, it's again the same as Natasha Tolson mm -hmm. uh has this kind of weird like mystique and people are afraid of them and then you get to know them and you're like oh they're yeah. just well even a lot girls. of us at Katie were afraid of her <laughs> yeah but she liked that I think she wanted that well and, and I mean I don't <clears throat> think that it was necessarily she wanted us to be afraid of her I think she knew that she was you know like a very strong right. and decisive individual but she like, didn't there be was a friend, still though. well but I don't you think so I think she started to realize that some of us may have felt like she didn't care when she sure. obviously like very deeply did. Because yeah. I remember my junior year when my mom went overseas, I had to go to rehearsals the next day and I should not have. And I got emotional and left the room. And she came out and like gave me this huge hug mm -hmm. and told me, you know, you get five more minutes and then you need to come back inside. and. I remember like that moment will always stay with me because that's the moment where I was like, wow, she like actually cares about us. Like sure. she's a hard ass, but she cares about us, yeah. you know? So, and I think based on the people that graduated from Katie after me, I think that she really started like taking that to heart right. and being that <clears throat> way a little bit more as she neared her retirement. Right. So. Yeah. And she did it for a lot, such a long time. Right. Uh, what's a show you want to do as a director? I hate that question. Okay, what's a show you've done before that you would like to redo now that you know what you know? So, one of my... I got questions for days. One of my favorite <laughs> shows that I've done as a director was The Children's Hour. Okay. Um, I was also in it in high school, um, directed by B. Tresker. Never heard of her. Yeah, okay. most people haven't. Um, so, that's one. It's a... I love the script. And I just always, it's one of those shows I Wait, feel like I always sorry, find. sorry, back up. You were directed by Tress Curzum in high um, school? Summer. Okay. Summer workshops, okay. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Yeah. Tress always says I'm like one of her adopted children. 
she claims me as one of her own. It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, did you see Tress this past week? She was yeah. supposed to. Oh, okay. I was going to say she was supposedly there, but I she, did not see her. She came by to say Rude. hi to me at my table. You had a table? Mm-hmm. What table? Dishing out the ballots. Oh, oh, that, yeah. that table. I was like, you were a vendor too? No. <laughs> Just the table I was stationed at the okay. entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the IE. She came to say hi, but yeah, that was the only time I saw her though. Okay. She was okay. teaching workshops, I hear. Yeah, yeah, teaching workshops, auditioning kids. <laughs> Doing everything. Um, yeah, just does. doing everything. Yeah. Uh, Tress is pretty amazing. She's been on this podcast, and last I yeah. checked, she's a female. Did I listen um, to yours? I don't know. I, may. I don't have the history of... <laughs> I may not have. I may have missed that one. Uh, but we were saying shows. She was on the phone. Like, it was like, it was a phone. Oh, I was like, was wait, is she's interview. on the phone right now? No, no, like, no, yeah, she's been on the phone <laughs> this whole time. In. <laughs> it's like three way back in the 90s. Yeah. Do you um, like this person? They're on the phone. I really want to do more non-realism because that's really yes. like my jam i mean again like going back to doing movement and like all that kind sure. of incorporating that kind of stuff um and like tech wise i'm just always so much more into like symbolism versus something that's more realism right you know so that's something i'd like to do more of right uh, is there a particular, do you have a show in mind uh, without revealing too much? So, no, so I'm really into Ionesco. Okay. Um, I would love to do some Ionesco. Um, and then Christopher Durang, I think would be fun to do with high school. <coughs> I can't, There's a lot I of can't, energy. I can't hear his name without singing in my head. Durang, Durang, Durang. <laughs> anyway, continue. Um, David <coughs> Ives okay. would be another one I would like to do. Uh, yeah. Uh, and... Kind of offbeat yeah. a little bit. Do you, are you going to... Is there an element of firecracker that you put into your school's uh, company? You know what I mean? Um, or do you try to keep the two separate? I, I try to keep the two separate. And, like, firecracker's thing is doing more, like, contemporary right. realism. Um, so I, I try to keep them separate. And the other thing about... The beauty of doing Firecracker is that I can do adult stuff mm -hmm. that I can't do. Do you ever push your kids you know? to go see it? Oh, yeah. yeah. One, like, one of Mark's kids is actually uh, involved in our show okay. in December. Okay. He had a student that was involved in our show over the summer. So we try to, like, last summer, one of my Austin kids helped us out with one of our shows. Right. So when it's appropriate. Right. Um, yeah, you don't know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I try to introduce those opportunities, but it's not always appropriate. But, yeah. Do your kids think that you are some sort of celebrity yes. because you own yes. and run? Okay. They do. When I was at Austin, <laughs> when it took the job at Austin, they Googled me yeah. and then showed up to my show before school started. Sure. So I didn't know who these kids were. And a group of literally 10 of them showed up at our show and introduced themselves to me. And I'm, I'm very, yeah. I don't like meeting new people. Yeah. Um, so that was a little Weird. shocking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then some of those alum that I had at Austin, right. my first year at Austin, still come to see all of our shows. So, yeah. Did, has Cummins seen a show at Firecracker? He keeps saying he's going to, and I believe him. I really yeah. believe him. You need to just get him to make a piece of furniture for a show. Yeah, I know. And then he'll come see the show. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, there's my, there's my He's much more into, we, we go and get food every once in a while yeah. to grab lunch. Um, to be fair, the man has been doing theater for, you know, 45 years. Yeah. 
He knew Thespis. Um, <laughs> do you, who do you think you've learned more from, Rachel or Brad? <clears throat> oh, well, I mean, like... It's different learning, yeah, but it's still... Yeah, yeah. Uh... Do, do you think you've learned more from Brad as an educator and director than you learned from Rachel as a student actor? <clears throat> That's really tough. That's okay. really tough. You I could really... say it's equal. It's a push. It's even. It, I mean, it really is. Yeah. It really yeah, is. Yeah, Brad, Brad, like my wife, who also, you, you know that, but yeah. my three listeners don't necessarily. <laughs> uh, but Jennifer also taught with Brad right. for five years, I think. Right. And I think would say, same, it's cliche, but yeah. he'll he'll forget more than I'll ever learn yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, just because he's such, he's so into, the, he's just so passionate about it. Yeah. It's low-key disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to buy any of his furniture? Well, no, only because my dad is a carpenter oh. and I would get in trouble. Awkward. Yeah, I'm not allowed to buy but anything. But is he a furniture builder? Because there's a difference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm not allowed to buy anything made of wood without. Okay. Because, like, being able to build a, a, a house is different yeah. than what Brad does, where he no, yeah. whittles my dad down. builds furniture and. He goes to Stallman's and purchases. My dad is very much like Brad. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they remind like, me a lot of each other. Like Very, Monopoly like, men? They just, they come up with this picture in their head. Yeah. And then they build it. <laughs> I hate them. I hate your dad. Like. I hate your dad. I hate Brad. Well, like with Brad, <laughs> one of the one acts that we did at Austin, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if all the furniture was like triangular? And he was like, done. And I was like, wait, what do you, you, you just do that? And he did. He just built this triangular furniture with yeah. no plans. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Uh, how do you want to wrap this up? You've done 50 minutes. Look oh at my me. God. Oh my God. The most boring 50 minutes yes. of my life. Um, let's see. What is, uh, what is an interesting fun fact about you? An interesting fun fact about you. You can't stew over it. You can't scoff. Oh, too late. Um, an interesting fun fact about you that Nobody oh, knows. Huh? Now you're getting specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody knows. Okay. Like a, or, I mean, like, I say nobody. I mean, like, obviously your family or Mark or somebody might mm-hmm, know about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I went to the Junior Olympics in gymnastics. There you go. Yeah. In what, uh, what thing, what com- competition? Like, did you go as, like, all around? Or did you mm-hmm. go, like, I'm mm-hmm. a pommel horse? Or I, like... <laughs> well, pommel horse is a men's event. Oh, okay, sure. Um, hey, I it's 2019. I, I don't actually, know, buddy. I don't remember. I don't remember what place I got, but I do remember placing on beam. Okay. That was my event. Where was it? I don't know. I was, You don't like know where eight. you went? Oh, come on. Like, you don't know if it was, like, Atlanta or Minneapolis? No. Oh, all right. Well, good I for don't. you. Look at you, Junior Olympic champion. I, know. I still have the trophy somewhere. Of course you do. Somewhere. You'd lie. You My know dad exactly probably where it has is. it, actually. My dad has like a shrine of dance trophies and gymnastics trophies yeah. in a closet yeah. in his house. I don't have athletic daughters, and mm-hmm. I will never have athletic daughters, but everything that they bring home that I deem championship level right. Right. will also be displayed proudly. Right now, the display case is empty. <laughs> no fun run? trophies or anything no um, i get hmm. uh my daughter's really into wrestling okay and so i'm hoping that leads to a trophy at some point okay but i'm not holding my breath <laughs> the younger daughter's really into fart jokes and just making people laugh sure so maybe she'll get a stand-up open yeah. mic trophy at some point 
again, not holding my breath. Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping, and I tell my oldest this all the time, if you can support me in 40 years, mm -hmm. I will consider myself a successful father. <laughs> anyway, that's all I want.